At your request, Lieutenant Kendrick, I can have the record reflect your lack of acknowledgement of this court as a proper authority. Objection. Argumentative. Objection. Argumentative. Objection. Argumentative. Uh, objection, Your Honor. This is argumentative. Sustained. Watch yourself, counsel. Hello and welcome to Objection Argumentative. I am your host Murphy Kenefick, back yet again with a new guest, someone who I've never even met in person, but yet know so well, uh, Adam Sirdorius. I hope it's okay that I've given out your last name. Yeah, that's fine. That's um, public I, knowledge. I tr- yeah, I try to go on internet obscurity, but I think it's failed at this point, so that's and fine. And if it hasn't before, good. it is now. You are out there and exposed more than ever. Uh, Adam and I are internet friends and have been for quite some time. And most recently, how long has it been? I think like six years, five or six, I think like, well, I I mean, friends probably like three or four, but first contact five or six. Um, right. And, but most recently we have been co-hosting a podcast strictly about, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disney Plus television shows. Um, I also do want to remind you, though, you are obligated to come on for the Star Wars shows, too. So it's um, not just... I have not agreed to that. Have you I? You said. Okay. Yeah, you did. I feel like I'm losing credibility right out of the gate. <laughs> Admitting <laughs> this to is this. A, this is my tactic. I'm trying to break down your credibility Perfect. so my arguments Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I guess... Did I agree to that? Fine. I mean, it's just for the money. I'm in it for the money. Yeah. Thanks, Bob Iger. <laughs> uh, Adam, yeah, we know each other on the internet. We're, we mainly talk about Marvel movie stuff. Um, you're a Marvel movie shill, as am I. Um, what else? What else would you say about, about our uh, deep relationship? Um, I mean, do you want me to reveal to the audience how we know sure. each other all these years? Sure. Okay. Just let's throw um... all my credibility out of the window. <laughs> But anything you say about uh, me is about you, too, so it's fine. Yeah, no, exactly. So I don't think it's exactly a detriment <laughs> to you. Um, yeah, so me and Murphy met each other on, uh, well, quote-unquote, met each other mm-hmm. on Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr.com. <laughs> well, I want to say it was 2014, maybe? I, um, yeah, something like that. High school, that high school times. How old Definitely. are you? I'm 23. Okay, I'm also 23. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, I, yeah, so we were like the same age. We were talking about Marvel way back when. Mm-hmm. I remember you used to have a Francis Ha picture. That's right. That's why I followed you. I remember. Um, I don't remember a lot about our first interactions. I just remember. I was probably about Ultron. Probably. <laughs> uh, but I remember this was back before Tumblr had their messaging system up. So yes, I was like, it was like boxes. Yeah. It was all like public too, which, um, yes. Good times. It's, <laughs> it's the same equivalent to, um, posting on each other's Facebook walls. Yes. Back in the day. It was yeah. gross. I miss but, it though. What a time. I don't, <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I guess I more miss the, the time period than, uh, than that era of, of Tumblr specifically. No, um, not you. Maybe a little bit, but I think any, I think it's really like rose, like, uh, painting glasses or whatever. I guess. Like, it's like, it's, it's really like. Just the, the end of, of high school. I don't know. It will always be romantic well, to me. that, yes. The end of 2015. I think, but by that point, it was like out of like 
inboxing people on Tumblr and like, mm-hmm. um, like post on Facebook walls. Like by that point, I feel like it was the cusp of like iMessage and like, Messenger and like stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. Um. Okay. So you are you you have a topic. You have a hot take. A hot topic. Ready to go. Is that right? Yes. And I feel like okay. it kind of it's a good leeway from what we were just talking about with social media and all that stuff. Um, So should I just give my opening statement? Well, I would love you to, but I have to swear you in first. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Okay. Please uh, raise your right hand and put your left hand on something that is sacred to you. Um, The Holy Bible, perhaps the, uh, this laptop is all I have. So Uh, do you just want to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth when you're arguing for your hot take, committing to your topic wholeheartedly and to fighting with all your heart? So help you God? So help me God. Thank you. I like that you actually raised your right hand. Nobody else has done that yet. (laughs) Um, Do they just do the left hand to spite you? Like, I don't understand. They don't do anything. They just look at me. I think it's funny. They refuse to fully participate. Um, I mean, I'm legally here. I have to do it. You are legally here. (laughs) Um, Yes. So I would would love to hear your uh, opening hot take. And this is the the part of the show where I yield the floor and stop talking completely, which is uh, a rarity. So go ahead. (laughs) And you have to let me know when you're done. Okay. So I notoriously, when Murphy brought me on to this pod, he gave me weeks of preparation and frustratingly. So he said, you need to pick a topic. Like we need to get recording soon, dude. Like you, you're like delaying it too much. And um, initially I just had no idea what to talk about because if I'm being honest, I wasn't sure what really irked me. But then these past few weeks, I've been on Tumblr dot, or no, not Tumblr, Twitter.com a lot more frequently than I had been in the past. And dear God, did the WandaVision discourse really just fucking irk me. And it's not because they're like tarnishing a show that I liked. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It's just because while reading all the discourse, I had like a big like realization. Like I've, I've known this before, but it was never more apparent than when it was happening with a robot witch show that me and Murphy talk about weekly that all the discourse that's happening means literally fucking nothing. Like it means absolutely nothing. It like, it amounts to nothing. People block each other and rage on each other for like, literally for what? And it's not just WandaVision. It's all pop culture. It's all, it's politics. It's everything. Twitter discourse is terrible. It is a terrible place to learn about politics, ideologies, um, insight into entertainment, music, what have you. It is a terrible place to like, just learn about anything, discuss anything, because it is always has a sense of backstabbing or like a sense of like passive aggressiveness there is never a sense of genuine conversation in twitter there is nothing there to ever have any nuance um you know i was talking uh politics on my private account the other day and i just midway through i stopped and i was like there's no reason because it even if i believe what i'm saying I don't want anyone to get these like beliefs from me from my Twitter thread because it's also jumbled. It's never nuanced. It's not meant to be nuanced, but yet for some reason is now a platform for what people consider to be nuanced. So um, I guess it's everything. It's any discussion that I could ever be having on Twitter. 
It should just be a fun place. I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about politics, but maybe it's not the place to learn about politics. It's not the place to, um, it's not the place to talk about like whether or not Marvel is good or not, because like, you're never going to get an answer there. It's just, it's a big circle. It's all stupid. It means nothing. Thank you. (laughs) I yield my time. Okay. Uh, I like right out of the gate you coming on and and uh, paint attacking my my personal character, uh, making me seem like I'm uh, very aggressive and and bending people to my will, forcing them to come on, which is absolutely <laughs> true. I, I, <laughs> uh, well, you will never know the behind the scenes difficulties of getting your good friends to come on a podcast. Apparently. Um, okay, so and I want to clarify: is this just about Twitter.com? Or does this expand to all kind of places where you can um, talk about things with people? I, I'm sure it could apply to everything. But for me personally, I'm not really active on anything else. So it's kind of hard for me okay. to pose a personal argument for those other places. But I do definitely remember the Tumblr days where there's just course on there. And it's just like, oh, I, I feel equally that's a shut hellscape. the fuck up. Like, that's a completely different place. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed away from that as much as possible. Good. <laughs> Well, because everyone on there was like twelve years old and with like massive egos and inferiority complexes, so yeah, it's, it was not awful. a good combo. And the thing is, it's like Twitter is that now, but it's twenty-three year olds acting like twelve-year-olds. Right, it's terrible. Same. Um, <laughs> remember when Twitter used to be what was it, one hundred and eighty characters, and now it's two hundred and eighty? Sure. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's made things better or worse? <sighs> that's a good question. Um. I don't everybody think it, was like freaked out by it when they first announced it. Now it's like completely normal. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it makes a difference because people are going to have Twitter threads anyways. And Twitter threads are the source of discourse. So no matter what, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what do you think Twitter is good for then? I think it's good for me. not this. I think memes. it's good for... Um, having jokes in the midst of a terrible political climate and like making people feel unified and okay together. Um, but it's definitely not a place for any kind of nuance. So only things that are light and digestible and not, not things of any like weight. Not necessarily. Cause like if you can like spread information, like if you can like give a objective truth, like a, um, like a news story, like breaking news, that's mm-hmm. good. But the conversations that spawn from said news, I think, I see, are kind of usually toxic and don't amount to anything except misinformation. Okay. Yeah, I no, I agree. It's the best place to learn um, when a president has fallen up the stairs or when a celebrity has died. It's, it, there, there's <laughs> yes. no faster, more efficient way to get that information. Um, okay. I mean, you're, you're definitely right that there is a lot of awful back and forth on pretty much every topic. But isn't it, isn't it from that conflict that people do actually, like, learn some insight, like, different perspective? Because, you know, uh, since I've joined, I have, I've noticed, like, a whole lot of things that people actually believe that I didn't think people could ever believe um, that has definitely surprised me. And I've definitely learned from that. Well, again, it's not so much like people not being able to voice their opinions. It's more so the literal discourse of arguing with other people, which I think amounts Mm. to nothing. It's not so much like... But I mean, it's through those arguments that a lot of opinions come out. 
but maybe it shouldn't maybe it should just be like talking to people that you relate to and not necessarily just like because i i've argued with some of the trump supporters on twitter and it has made me feel nothing but like like shit it makes mm-hmm. me feel awful and not because they don't deserve to be yelled at. It's fine that I'm yelling at them. But at the end of the day, like I know I didn't convince them. They obviously didn't convince me. So why am I doing it? It's getting neither of us nowhere. So like, what's the point? Like, so you I, don't feel you, you gained any, any perspective. Yeah. That, I'm saying that as those... someone who has often, even this year, <laughs> put myself in the discourse. It's not until these last few weeks that I've really been like, is this from like a burner account? I've done it on public before. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, but you, there is a burner account. There is a burner account. It's private cool. though, so I don't. Uh, I can't exactly argue with randoms on my. I see. On my private. But I feel like it is through that through that argument, which is often not civil, but sometimes it is, where people just they think one thing and somebody else thinks fundamentally a different thing, and through that back and forth about things that are serious, that new perspective can be uh, inferred. No. Um, well, I mean, if you're talking about actual, civil, reasonable co- conversations, then, mm-hmm. or even, like, civil debates, then, yeah, sure. Um, so it, it, it can happen. We can have communications about things that are important, just not until it gets bad. Well, again, like, how do you control I think, that? Um, well, I, I don't know how to control it. Um, I, that's the one thing I don't know. Uh, because I feel like so once... you're just arguing people should not use Twitter to do these kinds of things. Generally, <laughs> I just don't think there should be. I, okay, I feel like we're diving too far into politics when that wasn't exactly my. Um... You're more concerned about WandaVision. I, I do all. I, I As most, am I. I mostly want to talk not even just WandaVision, but like just entertainment in general. I feel like we spend so much time having discourse and canceling certain directors, not even like for being problematic, but like for not like making things we like and then um we completely like write off a human being due to like some writing credit they have or like we call squires like, just Cameron like the squires. general twitter right the the, <laughs> the the general twitter discourse is usually just incredibly toxic and um film twitter that is and it's just awful it, it's like it really it, like it's really taken film criticism to be a thing that was once fun and inviting and like actually digestible to people um from any like location and like now there's actually like a divide between film twitter and like the actual like movie going populace i think oh big time yeah because everybody's so up their own ass but yeah um i i mean within that i i feel like so you're arguing that it's good that you know with the movie memes and and movie news but it's the it's the arguing and, and the um, discrepancies between like who should be doing what and why they're involved in this and they shouldn't be making this, et cetera. That's that gets so bad. I think it's the general. Um, uh, how do I say it? Like the almost clickbait culture. Like it's almost like as soon as someone finishes a movie, uh, they got a screener link for on Vimeo. They tweet about it in a very passive aggressive tone to get like. Uh, probably like 300 likes from their base of followers that are equally cynical as them. And they, whether or not they actually feel this way, they know they're catering to their base. So they take a piece of art that someone poured their like year or two of their life into, and they turned it into not any kind of nuance or conversation from that, but into a tweet bashing said thing, regardless of how they actually felt about it. And I feel like, um, like the check mark film Twitter 
mm. populace that is completely riding on cynicism is deeply just annoying and like it's just because like there's some people on film twitter that like they their entire careers are built along quote retweeting articles for marvel mm -hmm. movies and saying oh remember like like marvel this marvel that like okay like i no one talks about marvel more than people that don't like marvel yeah like and it's, who are these people that you're following though i don't i don't see I don't, like any i don't of follow this. them but it's like it comes up on my feed it just I'm, pops up yeah you and, mean like like David Ehrlich types? Hey David, David I hope you're listening. I don't mind. I have him muted, so I don't like. I see. Um, but yeah, David. I loved types. him when I first found him, like in college, and then he's kind of worn on me since. I think his Twitter persona is like deeply annoying, and that's why I muted him. But yes. some of his actual reviews are really good. Like I don't, right. I don't have like actual issues with him. I just can't but it's that it's that type of of yes, person you're like, right. yeah okay yes so people who do actually have jobs with uh, film criticism places or are you just, i mean because those are the blue checks right i mean are there people who don't do that um i mean some of the blue checks do uh unfortunately but you know uh it, it's mostly like the people that kind of ride on film twitter obscurity but like they have over like four thousand followers and they like re quote retweet every single thing like, with brat like, a bit. smug like tone mm -hmm. and it's just like okay like you you hate every like, lucy you, and you go lucy. on their letterbox and they have like everything like below a three and it's like so why are you doing this yeah like god i feel like anybody listening who's not familiar with this is just like sounds like we're on another planet like, talking <laughs> about this and that that's kind of what you're saying is it, it's all so niche and these people like aren't aware of how like small their worlds actually are when they yes. get so like heated and, and mean about the stuff well it's like um, when they they start talking about like oh this is terrible for the industry and like it, it's usually not like it's usually fine everything is completely but some things okay. can be like mordecai <laughs> some things can be but i think we can both admit that usually they're not uh let's think of an example what is bad for the industry i would argue well, I mean, that the whole MCU hbo max say. I, I would okay. argue that the whole hbo max thing is like something that twitter had a meltdown about for like a week and uh, i'm guilty of it too i was very scared when the news like came out like oh my god what's gonna happen to theaters for people who don't know hbo max decided to start streaming things right. at the same time that they were going to drop them in the ears which yes. upset everybody including christopher nolan yes and yeah there is a ton of like actual valid discourse to go with that because like how warner brothers treated um the actors and directors and all the people and they didn't give them a notice prior to telling mm -hmm. like putting on twitter that their films would be available on hbo max that's valid discourse but like the discourse of like warner brothers is evil and it's gonna kill movie theaters you know like all this reactionary shit that like in the grand scheme of things didn't come true like if anything tom and jerry was like the biggest opening <laughs> in the past like it was almost bigger well, than tenant it's it's been a, like a few months and COVID will be over soon and then we'll really be able to tell what it, it, the result is going to be. But you, but I'm, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's reactionary and then it happens yes. and it's not as bad as like film Twitter makes it out to be, which so makes you're me okay wonder. with the discourse. You just hate when people like just go too far and make it seem doom and gloom. I'm good with like discourse that actually means anything, but you, most of the time on film Twitter specifically, it does not. So where where is the line? What's an, give me an example of both that are close together but but are separated. 
I think if you passionately talk about something you like or you passionately talk about something you dislike, that's good. Like, if you have passion and general reason for, like, why you're talking about something, whether or not it's positive or negative, that's good. But if you're just going to leave it at a smug quote retweet that gets you clout for, like, five minutes that disregards an entire thing that a person made for two years, then, like it's not worth it. Like it's, it's so dumb. It's so smug. It says more about you as a person, as a personality on Twitter than whatever the artist created, I think, because but does, don't the, the, the passionate good or bad arguments end up inciting that kind of uh, response in, in the replies? I guess, but is that good? Is that a good thing? I don't know. No, I'm just saying, but like, you're saying like, th- that's an okay thing to do, but it, it automatically, our, what is, our in- existence invites uh, chaos. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm fully aware that this is a thing that probably will never end. And I, it's something that I, I am a hypocrite of because I will consistently involve myself with it, even though I'm here arguing against it. But nonetheless, it is something that deeply annoys me and... I don't know. It, I just think it takes a lot of nuance out of a genuine art form that I've kind of poured my life into. And um, mm-hmm. I think something I'm deeply scared of is like, what if one day I create something and most people like it, but then like one day like a teenager on Twitter like tears <laughs> it apart and like... Lights, Gamer Jackson. We're, this is all about you, by the way. We're targeting <laughs> you through all this. Um, did you see his thing with the Regal Unlimited the other day? He was like posting, posing outside of a Regal. He's like, and he's a like, wait, this? yes. Yeah. I think I know where that Regal is. I think that's like close to me. <laughs> when theaters are back open, I'm gonna find them. You I'm gonna, should gonna drag him down. Just I will go sit next to him during a movie. <laughs> have a have a nice little LCJ. If he posts date. on a story that he's somewhere, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think it, it's it's just it's it, it means nothing. It, it never amounts to anything most of the time. If it's actual genuine conversations, again, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's mm-hmm. the smugness, it's the passive okay. aggressiveness where it becomes a personality to dislike something instead of actually giving a nuanced um, kind of dissection of why you dislike something. So instead of saying this is bad because people who just end up just dunking on something just yes. for the look. Like I, I, I know plenty of people that like they get screeners for things. They never write or like edit a review of it. All they do is react on Twitter and say like, oof, like woof, that was bad. Like I don't see this stuff. It's I totally so bizarre. Do. Like I, it's not in my I just don't want to call them window. out live on pod, but like I know plenty of people that are like this. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. Um so it's as if the why, as the um, the wise Zibby, uh, played by Elizabeth Olsen in Liberal Arts, says, um, "Talk about what you love and keep quiet about what you don't." Is that kind of what you're saying? Sure. I mean, <laughs> just just had to work that in there. I, um, I, wow, I hate that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm gonna change my Zoom background. Um, but but isn't there? So there, you're agreeing that you're conceding that there is a constructive way to have debate and uh discourse on twitter.com but it, it is within the the sect of people who are just mean about it that is not helpful what what do you think is, is the separation like what's the division the ratio um well again i guess it's like people that have like actual like if they have actually something to say like if they can have more than like a one paragraph tweet 
that's totally passive aggressive, totally vague to like, okay, like you dislike this and you just dunk on the. Is director. there an example? Can you give me an example? You don't have to tell me who it is. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't expect you to have them like saved, but just like a general idea. Surely one sticks in your head. Um, I jeez, why am I blanking? Um, no, I it that's that's how it goes. Uh, okay, so like, uh, let's go off like Wandavision for example. Or um, yeah, let's pivot to that. That's what we're best at talking about. Um, God, I mean, like any of those given tweets, like it's something about like the weekly, like people criticizing like the weekly format, for example. And it's like they're criticizing the weekly format, like on week three, let's say. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I will call them out. IndieWire, like of all places. Oh, absolutely. Like they. Wait, I'm supposed to be disagreeing with you. They, they... IndieWire is a pillar of the film journalism world, and they created Malcolm and Marie, and for that, we should be grateful. <laughs> mac and cheese after a film <laughs> premiere no um no uh yeah so indie wire i remember uh like around episode five of wandavision i think um they produced the an article episode. that said the headline was uh wandavision reveal your big bad now like <laughs> i god i can't defend that <laughs> And then, and then you go to like what's like what's the purpose of that like what why well, i clicked on the article just like i'm like okay out of curiosity like what is the general like argument here like, like i want to give them a chance like maybe this writer is like an intern who actually has something to say but then the editor who was it wanted to make a more clickbait headline okay who was it it was generally like it was exactly what you think it would be it's like yeah, so, like, the episodic format does not work for the MCU because it feels like a long, stretched-out movie. And I'm like, have you like, heard... Do you know what episodic what television, television is? television is. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> that's what television... Like, we're just... It's a full circle of critiquing something that's been around for generations because you are looking at this like it's a movie, which it isn't. Yeah, I... I, I hate to step out of my, my advocate role, but I IndieWire is just the worst. Yeah. I, I used to love them. Like, they introduced me to so much, like, movie business stuff and, like, who was doing what and Oscars and whatnot. And But then they just turned into, like, they had to tweet, like, five times a day this, like, bizarre angle about something that was offensive or incorrect or not, like, how film should be. And it once it got to that point, I was just like, forget it like, enough. i also do want to say like one of my it, even prior to wanda was like the thing that really i mean i already like didn't like indiewire prior to that but like the thing that really had me in for indiewire was their whole like christopher nolan debacle like pre and post tenant like they had like a target out for christopher nolan for some reason and like and i i like nolan I, he's made great films i'm no but but i'm like by no means a simp for nolan like i if he mm-hmm. makes something bad or if like he says something stupid cool call him out but like, has he made a bad movie sure yeah like if he did fine but like but has he um has he insomnia i like insomnia i bet you do <laughs> i don't like following um i haven't seen that it's not good um okay uh but like i remember like like literally every interview that crystal will be a part of would be like it's some kind of discourse on Andy Wire, like, oh, Nolan said this. Nolan, Nolan's advocating to open theaters in the midst of COVID while the because he was like against right, yeah. So yeah. not only is he doing something like that they don't like film wise, he's doing something they don't like socially, culturally, well, which like he, I don't think is their business. And even so, even so, like you don't have the facts. Like you're taking uh, like a one quote review, like a one quote that he took in an interview, and then you're spawning your own entire narrative off one quote 
about a movie that he directed, but like it came out months later that he didn't even want to open Tenet in the midst of the pandemic. That entire mm. narrative that no one was pushing for the like the the Tenet to be like the opening of movie theaters is completely false. It came out later that Warner Brothers pressured him into agreeing to release it. And so that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like when you have such. So it's like, not just individuals. It's not it's, just. It's, it's. I mean, I think individuals make the collective a, a toxic environment. But it, you're right. It's not just in, individuals. It could go to IndieWire, which for months led the campaign of like Nolan wants to kill his fans by sending them to the movie right. theaters. And then that's why you gotta unfollow them and follow the film stage instead. Sure. Wow. I, okay. <laughs> Didn't think that was a, a hot take. Um, no, I mean, I sure. I I, I don't know. Like I. <laughs> okay. I, maybe I'm like uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier. It's like everything goes, all of it. Maybe you are like okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're at least better. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like IndieWire, like they they're just awful, and that's what I'm saying. Like they, when you take like any kind of reactionary like pull like just like you have the power to like not do a clickbait headline right um but God, you do it, but it, and then you in- it's not even just film stuff too like i i was looking at my my time hop which i'm also doing that's why that so you much. get notifications that i like your tweets from three years ago <laughs> and i had i had responded to something that they said it was a tweet about the 2017 oscars where it was like, we have to address the Oscars issue. And it was because Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, had picked up the boy from Lion, like the little kid, and like hoisted him up like Lion King. Because, like, like, like Simba, like how right. they do it at the beginning. Right. And they were like alleging that this is like some racist thing. And I'm like, no, he's, he's a child, and the movie is, he's in his Lion, and it's Lion King. It's really just a, a straightforward joke. But they were trying to make it into some like, racist issue that like we have to address and that's when i really i'd like just leave it alone because you're not qualified to talk about these social cultural issues you just stick to movies which they can only halfway do not to go full malcolm and marie but Mm -hmm. um a majority of the time that it like those articles pop up um it usually is from like checkmark white journalists um it's never usually because, like, I've seen plenty of um, journalists, like, people of color, like, um, talk about that. And they, I mean, again, this is, like, I, I know this is exactly Malcolm and Marie, but Malcolm and Marie is a stupid movie. We have to stop talking about Malcolm I hate that. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it's a terrible, entertaining movie. Just wanted, That's the last thing I was going to say about it. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to that, like, I've seen plenty of, like people of color in the film industry like speak out against the kind of indie wire stuff that I'm talking about and like say like it's actually regressive to like yeah um it is. paint these very sensitive and tricky topics as clickbait uh for yeah. you to get views especially when it's it's nitpicky like exactly. the one I just described and I, I it's it's like reductive and it conflates it with things that are actually an issue and I don't want to like speak for anyone of color I don't want to speak for like anyone in particular but that's just like one branch of like the bigger <laughs> issue that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like that's No, I mean you know, that's that we, we should we should stray away from anywhere, but I, I just yeah. <laughs> they they get me fired up. I forgot about them because I unfollowed them so many years ago. I know your weaknesses, like I know how to like get you on my you, side. Damn it. Um <laughs> But it, it's more it's more like just regular people. I mean, so so there's like there's the blue checks, there's the people who are working for like publications on internet. What about 
the Letterbox superstars. You know who I'm talking about. The Brat Pitts. I'll name them. The Demi. Uh, I don't know how to say his I like that name. guy. He's cool. Letterbox um, Lucy. I remember him from Vine, like from 2013. I, I loved yeah. him. Yeah. I do not love him now. Well, I like him because him and um his roommate Gabriel uh, Gundak. I loved Gabriel Gundacker is one of the funniest people. Yeah, ever. I like I like them both a lot. Um, no, they. I, I'm not talking about them because like I mean at least from what I've seen they. I mean, Demi actually gives like some pretty nuanced reviews on Letterbox, which he doesn't have to do. I don't. So like, I he also doesn't have to do that. I think Letterbox, that is a platform to talk about films. So therefore, it can. Okay, so inch. we're not we're not going to that. I mean, it, if you want to get into it, I mean, there is. No, sure, I think we could take Letterbox personalities that somehow got Twitter famous from said Letterbox clout, and they're bringing the That's drama kind of what on I meant. Twitter. Then yes, I just don't think like the people that you brought up necessarily apply sure I, i'm sure you know them better than i um, um well just demi in like i i like how i'm talking to him like i'm not as fr- like i don't know him like i just know his personality like i um but as yeah. for like lucy like i don't know her personally <laughs> i don't like um i i don't, I, I, I didn't mean that they, these people are, are ones that that should be implicated in this argument they were just who i thought of as like letterbox personalities clout, right okay yeah, yeah. um I don't particularly mind any of them. I, I honestly don't even like know anything about them on the top of my head other than Demi, so I don't know. Um, but I, I get what you're saying, and there are definitely like letterbox personalities that have come onto Twitter, and there are a few that I don't want to name. But like, I have mm-hmm. one on the top of my head that like annoyed. Mm-hmm. I blocked him because he's so fucking annoying on Twitter. Yes, and Letterbox. Yeah, and I know this guy because he used to DM me on Tumblr. Oh. Like back in 2013, to follow him on Twitter, and I'm like, Dude. is this me? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Murphy. Uh, it's <laughs> what a plot twist. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the trial of Murphy Kennedy, actually. Um, Never been on trial for who I DM to follow me on Twitter before. That was rough, but I'll I'll accept mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I don't want to name names, but like, yeah, it's just like it's so annoying. Like these people that like they 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 like scrounge for clout. And then they act like they blew up, like, naturally. It's like, no, you didn't. You, like, begged for follows. Like, you... It's so annoying. Like, it's so stupid. Every bit of it. But you you say there's there's no, you know, there's nothing positive that comes out of that. But I, I... you know, there's something is to know who not to follow and who actually is worth listening to because they really do reveal themselves. Sure. That's a silver lining. I mean, I, I mean, this is like the well on the Hudson's <laughs> argument in Endgame. Like, it's not... It, the who? Oh, I see. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like see. I will throw a peanut butter sandwich at your head. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, is anybody going to eat that sandwich? Uh, and Ant-Man did, remember? Yeah, I yeah I was quoting him. Oh right, oh um, right. gotcha. Um, yeah, but it it just I mean, sure if you want to have that like outlook, sure there's positive. I'm just to you know offering every up. negative situation. <laughs> okay. Sure, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it's still a pretty toxic thing to have because it has an effect on younger. Uh, on, on younger minds who can be led astray and don't know anybody. I, I will say, like the majority of like. Uh, letterbox and film twitter are like genuinely cool and like just reserved individuals who Mm -hmm. follow these accounts because they love film and they want to follow people that also love things they love and yet they are kind of given like the cynicism on a daily basis which kind of makes them like they're just fed cynicism daily like and I, i say that as someone that also grew up on like film twitter and film tumblr 
and just wanted to find a community with people that like liked things that I liked. And it's okay when you don't like things. It's totally fine. But the difference is when you breed consistent cynicism, when everything you fucking say yeah. is cynicism, it really breaks a person down. And like when you and like when you poison the entire community to have the foundation be cynicism, it really makes people like me question their love for what they've loved their entire life. And but you you're so optimistic. Like you you like things so much more often than than I do, or I think the the average person would. Not to say that you you have average opinions, but like you because obviously you've you've seen way more movies than I have, and but you more often than not will like something, uh, than dislike something. No, sure, and I I mean that's also part of like why I don't. I think I have like a good like way to seek out like what I will like. Like I have a pretty good idea of what not to waste my time with most of the time. Um, and sometimes you know what to waste your time with and you do it exactly um (laughs) (laughs) um but no you're completely right but i i think goes to a larger point where it's like um i'm currently like considering not following up with my film degree and going into psychology and it's really a lot i mean i don't want to say it's entirely based on like film twitter because that would be really stupid if my like career path would be like based sure but um, my the career that I'm in right now, like with film, I work in the marketing world of film, and right. it has made me incredibly cynical to something I once considered to be an art form, and now I'm having I'm being paid to look at them as products, and mm-hmm. that's fine and good, and I know that's how the world works, but god damn it, does it make me sad? Like it really makes me yeah. sad. That that's why I wanted you to talk about this because you're like really qualified more than most to uh talk about this specific thing if you're going to psychology you should definitely watch in treatment <laughs> i'm just gonna keep plugging I, I i'm at i'm in utter disbelief right now that you somehow <laughs> I, i'm like blown away it's so good and nobody has watched it i actually i told my therapist a few years ago uh to watch it and she was like i don't know if i want to watch like more therapy after doing therapy all day she binged the whole thing in like a few weeks so. okay all right, I'll. I'm gonna add it to my HBO max. Anyway, I will. Um, oh my god, I'm re- I'm really like shocked right now. Like that was. I've thrown you awful. off. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta pick it up now. You already threw me off completely. From- so so what? I mean, what's the solution? Do, so should people just stop doing it if they're doing it, and if they are not doing it and they're seeing it, to just unfollow these people? I mean, is that is that simple? I think. I, I almost tweeted this the other day because I genuinely believed it. Um, Tweet it right now. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to say, I think before everyone tweets something with a smug tone or like a base cynicism, um, take a nap first before you hit send. Because I did that the other day. Like I was, I had something in my drafts that was deeply cynical about something people were enjoying. About a movie? Yeah. And then... Uh, can you tell us what it was? Um... Honestly, it, just just to prove that it is possible to uh, quell these these urges. Um, something about the Snyder Cut, I think, um, which I like. Oh, okay. Which you yes. like, <laughs> but also like that's another example of like things I like, but the fandom is like so toxic. Mm. Um, but whatever. That's that's a whole other can of worms. But I was going to tweet something yes. somewhat cynical, poking fun, like poking the bear at it, and then I fell asleep and I woke back up and I felt better and I was like. It's not worth it. Yeah. So I think take uh, a nap. Where you come down on subtweets? Subtweets? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> sometimes people deserve it. Sometimes people don't. I don't know. But I mean, just not even about movies. Like, I was looking at my time hop today, and there was something I said years ago, and I was, like, trying to figure I'm like, what did this mean? And I could not figure it out. Oh, I subtweet all the time. Like, I... Yeah. <laughs> and again, that's what I'm saying at the beginning. I'm guilty of this. I'm putting myself on trial. I, I subboxed sometimes. You ever subboxed? What? Uh, it's where you make a... It's like a subtweet, but it's a letterbox review. Oh. Oh. Uh, no. I've never done that before. Because I, I know no one pays uh, yeah, attention to Letterboxd. <laughs> I, I have, like, Letterbox Cloud for no reason, I think. You should try it. You should give it a shot. Yeah, I... That's not true. What? Not not, not no reason. Okay. okay. But what I mean is, I don't seek out Cloud. It's just, like, it's I've been around long enough that I've somehow built up a following on Letterboxd. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. So, do you think, like, this, your issue is like built into the bones of what Twitter is or can it like be is is it entirely up to the people I think uh, no I think it is in the bones of what it is because um there's been plenty of discourse about like what Jack the CEO of Twitter um like his oh, intentions yeah. like he he like the algorithm inherently invites um no substance discourse to um, make people want to come on on a daily basis and get angry and um, mad at each other. And then he later promotes positivity when he is um, mm-hmm. complicit in breeding said negativity. So, uh, no, I think it's in its DNA. I don't think there's, I mean, it's fu- It's never going to okay. end. I'm never going to stop using it. I'm aware this is futile, but it's fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, me, me neither. It's like, so I guess the, the solution would have to be like some sort of you know censoring and you can't do that so there's really no way to fix it i think the the general idea is like you either log out and deactivate completely or you inherently (laughs) spend your time on twitter shit posting which i loved like i i i've contemplated many times like if i ever like quit potting and i just like in like writing for sites I would love to just be a shit poster. Like I would, if I could just shit post all day and like somehow get a sponsorship off that, that's my dream. I would love that. That would work. Like never take me seriously ever. So you think all that is, that is good. Shit poster? That is fine. Yeah. Cause yeah. it means nothing. Like it literally like, because, okay. like I'm talking about like drill and like the best, literally the, the, the best. And like some of my friends that I the follow, best. like I have a, I'm uh, just going to plug them. Uh, the We Bought a Mic podcast here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, they're just like three of my best friends. And they do nothing but shit post. And they never involve themselves with discourse. And they're the funniest guys. And I love hanging out with them and talking to them about movies. And even when we disagree, I don't care because they're so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't bother me. But I would never okay. hang out with someone from film Twitter. <laughs> I see. So you're saying like most of it is is okay. Like the, it's it's okay to, you know, do funny things about movies and it's okay to like have state your opinions and it's okay to have communications with people. It's just the like the end point of like just being mean to be mean yes. for attention. That's that's bad. Yes. Okay. Cuz I know plenty of people that like really at the end of the day don't feel the way that they tweet, but they do it because oh they know that's what will get them followers, which will be career opportunities. People do that in real life. I mean, in in, in school and whatnot. Absolutely. They act a certain way. We could break this down to a culture conversation. But for now, 
I wanted to put it in Twitter because that's where I most or a, a, a psychological conversation like I don't know maybe Dr. Paul Weston in treatment would have <laughs> Jesus Christ I'm gonna add it to my Max watch list all right Murphy you've broken me down <laughs> I'm gonna watch it you. I'm going in Gabriel treatment. Byrne is so good strong and steady and yet so inviting every time I'm watching an episode I'm gonna tweet <laughs> I'm going hashtag in treatment <laughs> just finish this if I did that it would be all I tweeted <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I feel like I was ready to, to debate, you know, the, the, the use of Twitter as a place where people could, you know, exchange ideas and get to know each other and debate things, because I thought you were, you were kind of like against that as yeah. well, but it's really just kind of the, the sliver of, of, of being mean and negative, which happens well, too often, but I, I don't see it. So I don't really have this issue. So I think it's really like just who, how much time you're spending on it. And who you follow and who you like. By the way, how is your Twitter set up? Is it by like latest tweets first or is it like for you? I don't. I think it's for you, but I'm not entirely positive. I haven't. When you go through, does do things show up that other people liked? Yes. Okay, so that's that's the wrong way. That that's <laughs> your issue. Change it. Change it to latest first. That way, you'll only get tweets from people you follow. Okay, I'll look into that. And it's an order. Well, okay. I do want to clarify before we fully like go off this topic. Um, you. I mean, you already said it, but I do want to clarify one more time that again i'm just talking about like pointless discourse there is good discourse there is good conversations to be had on twitter there are actual people to follow that have insight but when it comes to actually learning about anything of nuance or when it comes to like kind of inviting yourself in with cynicism it's just completely pointless and regressive and terrible because yeah there are plenty of like great things to go on twitter for even like with politics because like I went to a protest this summer and I had a lot of information about said protest from Twitter. And that's something I wouldn't, I knew you were an Antifa. I, I am the CEO of Antifa. Uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, Officers get him. <laughs> but you know, there, um, there were so many uh, pieces of information. Like people were like having like locations where people were handing out bottles of water to people that were at the protest or like, um, shops that were like inviting protesters in for like a free cup of coffee or something like i don't know like just stuff i wouldn't so it can be oh, useful it be it's just useful okay i'm just talking about the people that aren't using it for those reasons like i've um you know i like i've had plenty of like even like during the black lives matter thing this summer like i learned about so many black businesses like that are near me because of twitter and i think that's incredibly valuable that's incredibly great it's just, again, I'm talking about the people that use it for smug cynicism, and it's usually regressive more than it's positive. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to argue against just general negativity. Um, so, yeah. Is that, I mean, do you feel like you've, you've said all that you needed to Yeah, say? did I win? Did I, uh, what do I get? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I guess I get, we could say you won because I wasn't... I wasn't really expecting what that nuance? to be your like your your focus. No, no, no. <laughs> like I thought you were going to like kind of attack it as as a whole, but arguing against just you know general negativity is is not. Yeah. I don't think that's exactly. possible. Exactly. That's why I was uh, that's what I was going for. I was hoping to corner you up okay. so you wouldn't be just able to just straw man me. Okay. Which is something I feel like I've been good at uh, these past few years. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> you've you've learned. Um, Okay, so we're going to take a break now, and Adam is going to tell me off mic uh, who these people are that he hates. Okay. 
Uh, but we will be right back to talk about his pet peeves, little things specifically, and I'm going to talk as myself. Uh, so we'll be right back. Uh, see you in a second. Welcome back to Objection Argumentative. Uh, we're back here with Adam, and we, after a long respite, after airing all of grievances and naming names, um, we are back here to talk about his his more minor uh, hot takes. And you have some of them prepared, don't you? Yeah. Um... Ah, uh, boy. I'm trying to... I guess I should just yeah, jump just, into it. Um, just, yeah, just, let's just jump into it. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? Th- that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have, like, I've, I swear, like, at least 10% of the things I say are references. So, but sometimes... And I don't even know where they're, they're from often before I say them. Right. But it's gotten to the point where I... Even when it, it's just me saying something, it sounds like it's a reference. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a problem. That's extremely difficult, especially on a podcast, I think. Yes. Um, okay, Perfect. so my first topic, and this is a lot like my our like the original one, the main argument, but oh, I perfect. would say less consequential. Uh, it's okay. just kind of something that's kind of I feel like poisoned the populace of every single young person from the age of like eighteen to thirty, and that is Tinder culture. I think Tinder culture is okay. deeply... Have you been on Tinder before? I'm guessing you have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on it right now. <laughs> yes, me too. Um, yeah, so... Not... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you just mean, like, the the premise of just treating people, like, just based on their, like, immediate physical appearance and then to be disposed of? Um, that's certainly, like, part of it, um, no doubt. Um I feel like that is like the general discourse of Twitter or uh, Tinder, right? Is like that exactly what you said. And that is true. That's very prevalent and very toxic and all that stuff. But it's also like you can go to like where you look at someone just as a swipe and you don't completely see the entire person that they are. And like even aside from like looks, but like what you're catering to or like what you're like what you think they could do for you. Yes. Um, but like, you don't know, like, could that person like potentially be like, yeah, someone that you have a profound emotional connection with, but like you swipe left because of like a weird picture angle that they took. Right. Cause um, it, so it puts all the emphasis on the superficial side and not anything to do with who they are. Right. But, and like, in, I'm even critiquing myself here where it's like, I, I find myself doing that and it's like, um, or like I will get like messaged on Tinder and I'll forget to reply. Like there is one girl that I was talking to yesterday and we were having a good conversation and I just still have not replied because my brain is broken and I don't know how to converse with people anymore. Oh, in a wow. Um, and I, I to that. and I feel bad, but it's, uh, it's a fact. I, I don't like, understand that you, you like her and, and you, you just haven't responded. Um, Yes. <laughs> I just That's so confusing yet. to me. Um, I think it's because the amount of matches that people get and like the um, the overflow of messages and like all that stuff, it's hard to like make it seem genuine or it's hard to like make me not cynical about like dating when I'm on Tinder and yet I can't escape it. Yeah, because, like, how else are you supposed to meet people? Exactly. Um, and the thing is, I've met a lot of cool people on Tinder in the past, like, however many years that I'm mm-hmm. still friends with today. <laughs> like, we didn't end up, like, fully dating. Uh-huh. Um, like, I've 
uh, I'll just say it, I've had hookups that have evolved into friendships. Um, yeah. And one person in particular, we we hooked up like two times and now our entire relationship is we just send each other funny stuff on Twitter all day. And, and it's, that's, that's love in the modern age. <laughs> and she's great. And we're, and we were not meant to be a couple, but like, that's fine. Cause I value our friendship together and that's good. That's great. So sometimes it, it works out, but as, as it's set up in its bones, honestly, it, it's not good. I, I, cause I took advantage of you saying it doesn't have to be completely deep in the section. So it does not, I, I will say, I don't have a complete argument. I don't even know it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying I'm frustrated right now. Like it's, that's it's yeah, that's all. That's all this is. <laughs> it's really bugging me. I'm Dr. Paul Weston. You're on my couch. Please stop. <laughs> So I'm gonna start talking like this. I'm gonna have put on my Irish accent. Like Gina, ah, God, stop. Um, no. How far into a um Tinder conversation? Like how like how long do you like let a Tinder match go without knowing that you're on a podcast? I don't think I've ever said that to uh, one of them because, I mean, I've only been on like. Do you mean any podcast or like this one? Any podcast, like any given. I, I mean. Okay, I guess it doesn't apply directly to you because, like, you don't you haven't been hosting them for like two years. Sure, like yeah, like yeah. you have. Um, because it's kind of hard, like, when you give out your socials and then they're like, "Oh, you have a podcast," like, yeah. And then I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't want to mention it." <laughs> like, well, I have like my letterbox linked on my Instagram, which is probably a mistake because I worry about people going on there and looking. Yeah, I should probably undo that. You should. Um, I've ne- I'm, so... I'm proud to say I've never done that on any uh, social media account. I've never. It was just like post. add a link, and I'm like, what the hell should I add a link to? I guess this. <laughs> yeah, I guess nothing. Yeah, I probably will change that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that's also part of it. Is like, because I it it's a good place for me to get bullied, flirtingly, of course. But it's like, oh, mm. you have a podcast, like, sure, haha, like, and it's amusing. And it's fun. Yeah, I don't think I'll I'll bring that up. Don't. Uh, <laughs> okay. But like, if you're not until we're married. <laughs> yeah, not until like the third anniversary. Should you say? By the way, babe, I, that's probably for the best. You know where I go on Friday nights? I actually like have a podcast that I record <laughs> in my car every Friday night in our marriage. I'm sneaking away. She's like, she thinks I'm having an affair. I'm just recording a podcast. It's Showtime's the affair, but like, it's just you recording. It's Showtime's the affair, which was created by Sarah Treem. Who is, you guessed it, a staff writer on In Treatment. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you, it's, it's going full circle again. Like, you're making me not want to watch this show. Like, I... Okay, I got to do it enough so it circles back. How, how about you just stop here and then I'll, I'll watch Listen, it. you're the one who's bringing up things that are related to it. <sighs> What's the next topic? <laughs> oh, we're, okay. Um, all right, so I feel like this kind of relates to the original topic as well when it comes to, like, movies and okay. theaters and all that. Um, but it's very niche, so I apologize to the listeners. No, that... that's what I want. Okay. I want it to be as niche as possible. All right, so, um, you know, like, the entire discourse this summer about, like, AMC going bankrupt, right? Yes. And Didn't really look into that. Um, and, you know, that's kind of scary for people like us that, like, grew up going to the movie theaters. Like, it's sad. Like, that, like, potentially, like, the biggest chain that we spent a lot of our time and youth in could mm. potentially not be a thing anymore, right? I never really thought that was actually going to happen, though. Neither did I. Was it? I mean, I didn't think so, but, like, it, it's still scary. Like, the headline is still like, ooh, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it came out like the other day that like in the midst of the pandemic, um, the CEO of AMC got like a 20 or $30 million bonus. Um, it, From who? The company. Oh, um, well, yeah. So like while he is like going and doing interviews about like how terrible of a shape the company's in and like how it might be the death of theaters and like how his employees are struggling, he like comes out and it's like you know he doesn't even do it publicly variety like leaks the information and it's like yeah he took a 20 million like payday that's so bizarre and for what um because he they said uh he did a great job navigating the waters in a covid environment to keep the theaters afloat and he deserved the raise i i guess no i don't that's bizarre he doesn't deserve it what I, oh, yeah, because like all of his employees are out of work and have been. Yes, literally. Like there are AMC employees. I used to be an AMC employee. Like I <laughs> did you? Yeah. Did you not? I worked this? in a movie theater. I think I did. Okay. I worked at one, but it was like a, a local thing. They're only in Georgia and Michigan for some reason. Well, when I was in high school slash like my first year of college, I uh, I lived in an apartment that was directly across the street from an AMC theater, which was perfect. Mm-hmm. That was like amazing for me. Uh, I miss living there, even though it was a terrible apartment. Um, uh, but I missed that, and I got a job. That was my first job when I was 17. I got hired mm-hmm. the week before Force Awakens came out. Aww. and um, I got hired the first yeah, weekend that Mordecai like, came out. Wonderful first job to have. Is that why you reference Mordecai so much? No. Maybe. Maybe subconsciously, yeah. Um. Yeah, so I got tired there like the week the Force Awakens came out, and I remember that was like the worst. Even like to this day, that's the most stressful work week of my life. Yeah. Like, um, all the Marvel openings were awful. Yeah, I remember the Civil War weekend. It was pretty brutal. Like that was terrible for me. Mm-hmm. Even X Men Apocalypse was really bad. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I left around the time Rogue One came out. I think good time yeah that's like it was like a full year um that i was there and i was completely fine with leaving because by the time i was done i made plenty of good friendships i had my money i had a better job waiting for me it was good minimum wage um um i got a one raise so it wasn't quite by the time i was Was like a quarter i got paid minimum wage and i've always said that movie theater employees should be tipped just like anybody like just like a waiter they're doing the same the amount of tasks are having to deal with just as much as much bullshit from customers. But then I yeah, guess you'd have to no. do that for all fast food people too. Well, yeah, I because I remember when I like near the tail end of my like AMC tenure, um, I worked at the McGuffin's Bar, if you know what mm-hmm. that is, um, yes, for like two weeks literally, because um, they needed help when Rogue One was coming out, and we got tipped. But every time we were on call or like on staff for bartender, you got you made less money, uh, right? Tips, which is so bullshit. Like... But at my theater, you did the the tickets and the concessions all at once, like it was one thing. So instead of yeah, like two tickets, uh, so that you're you're handling everything all at once. So it's not just like yeah. what do you want, and then somebody else takes your money. Um, but whatever. So you're you're saying that that the AMC CEO should not have taken that. Well, I, yeah, and that also goes to, like, my other point where, like, AMC as a company and the time I worked there was completely toxic. And, like, as a corporation, like, the way they treat their employees is, like, really, really shitty. Well, they're owned and, by China, aren't they? Am I making that I up? I think so. 
Um, I, that that's they have at least the big hand in like the pockets. I think, I think they got bought out. Yeah, you could be right. Back I don't in the know day. for sure, but yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess the the big thing is like I hate that like there are independent chains that are deeply struggling, and yet AMC is kind of being the poster boy for like struggling theater chains, mm-hmm. and yet they're doing shit like that while like actual minimum wage workers are like struggling and like out of job that's why lcj is at regal i'm at regal i'm a regal guy too so you know uh i hopefully they don't come out and do some bullshit that makes me go against them my local regals were always horrible i know they're not like that everywhere but they're just dirty and scary places my local regal has a a bunch of recliners (laughs) and it's nice and I, I work at a Regal doing market oh, research. Right. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, Regal feels like home to me. That's now. nice. Like, I, I, I love Regal That's so nice. much. I feel like the one near me is, is good. I just haven't been to it yet, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones are doing uh, updates now. Like, they're mm-hmm. doing refurbishments. So, but yeah, I mean, before this one got the update, it was, like, super, like, creaky, like, very narrow uh, like, aisles. Like, yeah. Very musty, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I the last movie I saw at that theater before it got like the recliner upgrade was Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I remember like there were not like stained nachos on the seat next oh, to me, and I was God. just like, Ugh. I saw that so, at Regal too, and because they're the only ones who like play that kind of stuff. Like AMC typically yeah. will not do that. Um, um, have you not heard of AMC Artisan Films, Murphy? That's not a real thing. <laughs> that doesn't mean <laughs> what they think it means. It means nothing. Actually. It means they'll play a Star Is Born in First Man. Like, <laughs> Literally, like I, what did I see? They they did like some like Bohemian Rhapsody, Unhinged. They're also crow movie they had in. Oh God! Person. I'm like this. Artisan. You guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it literally just means not a blockbuster to them. Yes, and even in some cases it does mean blockbusters to them. Right, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. Um. Next. Uh, next and my last, I yes. guess, is uh uh also relates to my last topic. Um movie going in general and how it feels like there is a large section of people that are just pretty comfortable with, like letting it die. And like going to the theaters. Yeah, like they cuz like, if you go on yeah. the Facebook posts for like a lot of movies or movie chains and are you, you, are you going like, on Facebook to do this? Unfortunately. <laughs> Why? You should ditch that before you ditch Twitter. Listen, we're not talking about me. We're talking about... I only go on there to poke people. <laughs> you would get a, You should poke Joey. He, he does that like all day long. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, you go on a page for like Regal or AMC. And they like, let's say, post a Kong versus Godzilla trailer. And then there's like this suburban... Mm-hmm. Republican, dad. unsufferable dad, who com he probably like liked the page like thirteen years ago, right? <laughs> um, and he doesn't know why he keeps getting on his feed, and then he decides <laughs> to comment like, "I haven't been to an AMC theater in eleven years, and I'm sure as hell not going to come now." Those people are so much worse than the Twitter types that you were describing. Awful, yeah, because they're awful. like that about everything. I, yes. I I mean I, I get it in part 
especially with this new thing that HBO Max is doing that we were talking about, because the, the two reasons people go to theaters is for the experience of like mm-hmm. seeing it in a big screen in a dark room in a comfortable chair and the exclusivity of seeing it before it goes to home release and right when it comes out. But so if you get rid of the exclusivity, which HBO Max and Warner Brothers have for some of the things, the only thing left is the experience and people are making their home theaters. They're having these big screens, projectors and sound systems. So if you get rid of both those things, who gives a shit? Because then you don't have to deal with people talking in your ear and nacho stains on the chairs and 20 minutes of ads and $16. And it's just like, it's not worth it just to see Maria Menudo. Do you feel this way? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I love going and I used movie pass back when it was like $50 a month because it was worth it. But right. I, Going to the theater is never didn't piss me off in five different ways. Like each time I went. No, and I get that, but it's the it's the subsection of people like on Facebook and even Twitter, um, that are kind of weirdly actively like rooting for. Oh yeah, I'm not not that. I think they should get their shit together, and I think they should lower prices and they should clean it up, um, on average. No, that I definitely agree with because. Um, and if anything, uh, this should say, be a wake-up call for them because they haven't. It really should be because there is a every like catastrophe should breed way for like um, innovation and yeah. like uh, reinvention. And there's really no excuse at this point for why they can't come back swinging. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there is no there is no union without first a great suffering. Or what is it? The what greater is the it? suffering, the greater the peace. Yeah. Thank you. You know what's really sad? I don't remember what it's from, but I remember the line. It's Fallout. Yes. Thank you. I don't know. Uh, no, that's what I was just saying. Great... Like You make references. You know what it is, but you can't place it. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that about me. Um, but talk about a great movie-going experience. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's one of the ones that, that made it worth it. Like, you have to go back and see it in IMAX. I feel like there should only I... be IMAX theaters, really. Um, AMs either IMAX or Dolby theaters. Yeah, Dolby like if, theaters if you're gonna do it, amazing. like like do it, like that's yeah. worth paying like sixteen dollars or whatever for. I even like seeing any movie in Dolby is worth it to me because like I saw that Vince Vaughn movie Freaky in Dolby, <laughs> and um, I only went because I went with my friend who mm-hmm. had a list, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll pay the upcharge because I, yeah. I like I like the seats, I like the sound, um, yeah, I just wanted to go. No, I and I didn't, I didn't care. Like, yeah, it just, it just got to the, like you know I I was gonna quit watching movies in theaters in 2020, because right. because of that because I was just like a slave <laughs> to it because like I just because I had a list and I could go, mm-hmm. and just see whatever and not even really enjoy it and get irritated by the process just it just wasn't it was wasn't worth it. I'm really hoping that movie pass announcement that's supposedly coming on Monday. Yeah, Monday for is the it? listeners. We're recording this on uh, Saturday the 20th, so apparently on the 22nd. There's going to be an announcement with Movie Pass. People are going to hear this in like May, so it'll be really May. I don't know. It's I not not up to me. Mm, I actually is, but um, well, some of I, it. <laughs> Let's not. But I'm just hoping that I actually want Movie Pass to come back because I would love to pay like ten dollars. I love again. Movie Pass. I've had the um, card in my wallet since 2016. I don't have my card anymore, unfortunately. But um, it doesn't expire until 2022. Um, I would love to have it back because I would love to like 
have the option but not feel like the $20 hole in my pocket that makes me always right. want to go see a movie even though I don't really care about it. Yeah, I will, I'll only do it if there really are, like it's a reasonable price and it works at all the theaters near me and there are actually going to be things that I want to see in theaters. And those are all pretty big ifs. But otherwise, I, I'm not going to invest in that. Um, yeah, I was like looking at Box Office Mojo like the other day because I was like, what like, do, do I like, what would I consider to be like, must sees like this summer fast furious nine yeah uh black widow, black widow. uh shang chi if it's still coming out eternals I'm not really sure blah. uh spidey yeah mission seven of course is that's of not course. coming out this year it, not... i think it is i kind of do mm, okay it's coming out in De- no november like thanksgiving i think that's a good window that'll be okay I mean, they, they're they almost done filming it, um, and they have that deal with Paramount where they're going to do it on... They have, like, a 30-day window. Ah. Uh, and so Tom has whipped people into shape enough that they're got their shit together. I would love... Like, if I could have the doubleheader of, like, um, that in November and Spidey in December, mm-hmm. movies are back, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> movies are back, baby. Adam's I think that's really what awesome. LCJ said, like, in probably. July. He probably wakes up every morning and says that. I was unconscious for a few hours, but now I'm up and movies are back, baby. LCJ at his uh, 10 a.m. showing of Unhinged. <laughs> movies are back, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to track him down. Um, I'm going to be unhinged. To, I'm gonna be, what's that movie John Travolta was in? Is that what you were talking about? What's the movie where he like stalks some celebrity? Oh, you the... Know I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the movie. Me neither, but I'm going to be him and whoever he's talking is LCJ. Um, yeah, I remember he has a weird fit in that movie. Like, he he, he dressed <laughs> up very weirdly. I believe it. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I remember, like, seeing the set pictures for it. I'm like, wow, he's going for it. Um, the Fanatic. That's, that's what it's called. The Fanatic. the Fanatic. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So movie theaters should still be a thing but amc guys should not take money for it and tinder is bad tinder is bad sometimes entertaining but i think the culture can be good but default is bad yeah yeah i agree with all those <laughs> great well oh, I wait guess I, what i for, i forgot we have one more thing to do yeah we do murphy you uh, you gotta you gotta be professional here Come i on. forgot uh Yes. So at the end, I um, I have a list of hot takes, and I have my guest pick a random number between one through whatever. I think at twelve now, um, and whatever he picks, that's what I go with, and we debate my hot take because it's not fair that only they should have to bring up things that uh, that they think are controversial. All right. Um, I guess I'm gonna go with the number. Uh, say seven. How about seven? Seven. I am looking at my list. Okay, um, so I, <laughs> uh, I would die for several celebrities, and I think a lot of people would not do that. I think I, I actually took a Twitter poll um, once, and I'd say there, there are a few. There's like probably four or five people that I truly would, like if it was between me and them, like contributing things to society, I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, are you? Do you also have that deranged uh, point of view? No, um, I don't <laughs> think I would. 
<laughs> no, I mean, think about it. Like, like somebody that, you know, everybody loves and is producing good things. And, you know, they're a life, too. And it's between you and them. You wouldn't for any of any, them. Any. Well, okay. No. Hey, okay. Wait, back up. I Okay. I would not die for them for the base reason of them being a person that produces things that I like. But if, okay. like, let's say it was me, a broke college student, and we looked at, let's say, Greta Gerwig, who is a mother. Right. And okay. I looked at her as a mother and not a director or I actress. See. Then, sure. Okay. But not because but they not, create not content. That is a very sane, rational way to look at it. <laughs> I don't think I could say the same about uh, mine. I know you can't. I know this is <laughs> You know they're not mothers. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I mean that I, I I realize that that is an irrational, ridiculous thing, um, but it is how I feel, and uh, and this is the, my my time to admit it. Is that the entire thing? Like you're you're like admitting that you would die for celebrities? Yeah, because I, yeah, I think that's that's a. Uh, Do you want to tell really... the audience who? No, certainly okay. not. Because I know a few that you would die for. I know you do, and I would really like you to not say. And I'm sure anyone who knows me could, you know, infer. But yeah. it's just just the idea that somebody, not like their life is worth more than mine, but like they would, it would be better, like in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I, I, uh... Like it, like their reach, you know, would do more good, and I value them so highly that I would like, I feel like I know them well enough based on what I've seen and read and heard that the more I say it, the more I feel like I should not be saying it. Yeah. Uh, it's like, did you see anger goes West? Oh like... yes. <laughs> I saw anger goes West. Uh, like this is kind that of, that was actually that the first be... movie I saw when I moved to California, which was very cute. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a choice. And um, I get to see that in an empty movie theater. I got a screener link for that movie, and I remember like just not the being same. hypnotized by it. It was beautiful. Oh no, me too. Yeah, um, I mean, me especially. But <laughs> I, no, I mean, I, I think you might be projecting a little bit into that. Projecting. Well, it, okay. So Am like, I on your this, couch? Yeah, you're on my couch. Um, like let's pull those psychology classes that I'm taking. Like, let's let's stop yeah. and do it. Um, <laughs> you're in my treatment. Um, Good. So, you know, I think that might be a way of, like, you saying, do I have as much to offer the world as this person? Sure. Like, it might be your insecurities of, like, deeper, of, like, you don't know how much you have to offer. No, I mean, I feel like I would not say that about a okay. lot of people that I know, like, in my general sphere, mm -hmm. which makes it even more deranged. Um, but... Yes, I agree. <laughs> 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 because well i mean because you know my friends aren't contributing the same things that uh certain other people are so okay so your measurement of like worth is like how, what you contribute to art but not necessarily like not what just you contribute to like personal people in like life and like i mean that relationships too. you share with people that no it's it's both of those so are you saying like the down. art that you consume and that you hold dear is more valuable to you than the your friends in your life that you won't die for Wow. Uh, well, but it's not just it's not just valuable to me. It's it's valuable to lots of people. And uh, okay, 
I'm not saying I wouldn't for my friends, but you kind of did. No, just in like you know, in my heart of hearts, like in the moment. You never know. Okay, I mean, sure. I, yeah. I'm looking at it like very like hard facts. Okay. Practically, like contributions, but I guess my feelings are also in there. Uh, okay, so like, I, if I'm gonna look at the like contributions to society, I won't use like art as a measurement of that. Like, uh, it would be more like, is this person like a humanitarian? Like, has he or she or they like? That's boring. Contrib- well, no, it's not because I think it's it's something like, do they consistently like do good? Or like, for example, there are plenty of talented artists that contribute great art, but yet they are terrible people, and I would never die for them. Well, sure, I wouldn't stand anybody like that. I, I okay. I just I think it's just a toxic line of thinking in general. But I mean, art affects. We've spent this whole time talking about movies. I mean, obviously, it, they they affect people at, at a large scale. I I do want to say one thing. I would <clears throat> hope so. We don't trade lives, Vision. Oh God. <laughs> that's like that's that's the uh, the ultimate comeback. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Um, yeah, I'll rethink it. <laughs> Please do. I would love that for you. I would love that for you, my guy. I, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I just have, like, the visual of, like, some guy is, like, pointing a gun at me and whoever else, and is like, it's you or them. I just, some of them I just can't picture, because then you'd have to live with that guilt, you know? I, I feel like this would be, like, so more insightful. Like, if you would give me a name. Like, if you gave me a person. I, I mean... You know the one. Yes, but like even aside from them, like who else? Like give me give me a name. Like I would love to know a name. I don't. You'll you'll make fun of me. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be made fun of. You can't do that when I'm on your couch. You're on you're on my couch and I'm on your pod. Yes. And you can't make fun of me while I'm on your couch. Okay, I won't make fun of you if you give me a name. I feel like Batman. Like I'm interrogating. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were saying, I, I thought you meant, like, I would die for Batman. Um, do you, somebody out there would die for Batman. Probably. I, God, I, I can't, I've never been on trial for who I would die for die before, for but Aaron Sorkin. Oh, God. I love yeah. him too much. He's like my father. Yeah, let's let's give a life to the guy who has, like, regressive <laughs> politics. I would do and... it only if he vowed to stop directing. Yes, I would love if you. Okay, honestly, if you died for that, that would be he, worth. It. Listen, I've just spent I've spent so much time with with him, and it, oh, it would me too. it would just feel that no, I have spent so much time with his stuff, and it it would just I just feel uh, an obligation. All right, no, I get that. Um, I understand. I just don't necessarily. I mean, I don't know enough about Sorkin's, like, personal life to, like, say, would I die for this human being? Not an artist who creates art that I may or may not have enjoyed at a certain point in my life. But do I know enough about him to, like, has he contributed enough to, like, people, to, like, um, his family, to, like, the people around him? Is he a good person? Like, I, I'm not saying he's not. I don't know. I don't know him. Why? Why? So like, why doesn't it matter the things that he contributes? Know? I don't know. Like, I don't know that. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess I'll 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 sleep on it. I'll think about it. Please do. That's 
that goes back to my uh, take a nap policy before any okay. rash yeah. decision. <laughs> well, I have. I've, I've taken several naps uh, after having this opinion, but I'll, I'll take another one. So you just have nothing but bad takes, no matter what. I have nothing but bad takes. <laughs> um, okay, we, we have to be done now. Uh, where... <laughs> I, let's do what we do on, on your show. What, where where can people find you on the internet? Oh, um, you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, my podcasts, uh, the Aggressively Okay podcast, which at this point, whenever this is released, me and Murphy are probably still co-hosting together weekly. I hope so. Um, uh, my other the, the Marvel spinoff show, and eventually Star Wars. Um, um, and <sighs> then. Uh, Zillennial Canon, my other podcast, where we go into the zeitgeist of films that we grew up with, like these 20-something-year-old films. I still want to do an episode about Catch That Kid. It's on the list. Don't worry. It's on the, it's on the short okay. list. Um, you have, I have your number, so I'll hit you up soon. But uh, That or Clock Stoppers? Honestly, probably both at some point. <laughs> uh, They're the same. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's everywhere you can find me. And uh, Okay. Yeah. Do it or don't. doesn't matter. And, uh, okay, uh, I'm, of course, Murphy Kenevick. You know where to find me. Uh, any, I mean, any final lasting thoughts If people like you, they want to, like, what should they take away? What, what I mean, what, your words of wisdom. Um, I guess maybe, like, I don't know, like, take a nap before you tweet. How about that? Take a nap. To, uh, take it easy. Okay. Take it, uh, there, take it chill. Works. Get chill pill. How about that? Just relax. Honestly, a lot of my life has been good recently because I have chilled out. I have been a more calm and collective person. And I just, I advise everyone to just also do the same thing. That's part of, that's part of growing up. You know who else has grown up and and relaxed a little bit recently? Someone on any treatment. Lana Del Rey. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on the show, and we uh, we will um, be back uh, next week, hopefully, with somebody else. Uh, so <laughs> we will see you next time. Thank you so much for coming. Goodbye. Uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Yeah, objection. Uh, objection. Extremely racist. Objection. Overruled. <laughs> objection, Your Honor. Objection sustained. I got no more use for this guy.